Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 235, recorded on September 13th, 2022, where John and Jason talk to Ed Sinez, CEO of Tigraph. Yes, that Tigraph. About the big announcement in his and John's world, and about what Tigraph is up to today and moving forward. Hello, Jason. How you now? John, I am doing really well, but something tells me not as well as you, but we'll get to that here in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty fair. Pretty fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it, it's been a little bit since we've done a recording. I think it was since the last time we were, maybe we were in person was the last time we actually got a chance to record. It was a little while ago and uh, sorry, audience, but uh, some of us were very, fairly busy. <laughs> yeah, it's been, you've had a couple things on your plate lately and, you know, I think uh, our audience deserves to understand what's been going on with you, John. You owe it to them to uh, to answer for what's been going on. So we'll have to come to that here in just a minute. But uh, I'm looking forward to next week being actually in person with you. We're going to be in Orlando for the Power Platform Conference, and we're going to do a social hour while we're there on Tuesday. Yep. There's a link we'll drop in the show notes for this. Talking about that, that's going to be a lot of fun. And the following week, we're in Chicago together for Power Educon, where we're actually doing a keynote. Who that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> who, who, who let us do a keynote? Idea. That's a little odd, but hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, all of that out of the way and, you know, hey, the weather, it's weather. Let's it's uh, weather, None yeah. of that matters today. <laughs> we actually have another guest with us here today who it's, I think we may have had him on one point in the way distant past, but it's been a while. This is 200 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple episodes, man. But uh, yeah, somebody you know pretty well. Ed, would you mind introducing yourself to us, please? Yeah, great to be with you. Uh, Post company, as I'll call it. Uh, so, John is my business partner. It's an, as I'm a CEO, co founder of Tigraph, now an AppPoint company. That is some news that came out this morning, nice and yeah. early. Uh, yes, so, it was. Uh, Tigraph has now been acquired by AppPoint, uh, a public company, I do believe, based out of right, New dude. Jersey. So, y'all are going to have to work on your Jersey accent, by the way. Oh, there's a Jersey accent. Oh yeah, there's a, and I'm talking about New Jersey, not Jersey Island off yeah, the no, off coast of England. You're gonna have to go up and look at that one up. Well, you yeah. know the, the the full serendipity on that is I grew up on a dairy farm and we farmed jerseys. So there you have it. Oh, there you go. How about that? Yeah. Well, well, I'll send you the box set of the Sopranos, John. You'll you'll yes, you'll have it yes. down by the oh, end. Okay, of that, okay, so. okay. Got it. All right, that's Jersey. All right. <laughs> So let's get down to, to some brass tacks. Congratulations, gentlemen. This is, I know has been a uh, a long road for y'all, but uh, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, the of what what's been going on lately and what the future holds. Well, of course, you know you you know our background in terms of uh, really helping the digital transformation journey for organizations through providing a better lens and insights uh, using analytics. So, you know, Power BI, which is the subject, of course, of, of this podcast, was a, a foundational element for us. And, you know, really, the, our value in, in the market space and kind of what made us a predominant player was the fact that we could kind of get all the data. But not only could we do that, we could visualize it in a meaningful way for organizations to really you know, rip deep into what's going on under the covers. So if you think about from 
uh, social media perspective, if you were to, you know, as an organization, you're looking outside the organization, you know, you're going to look at your website traffic, you're going to look at Facebook traffic and, and Instagram and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to go and collect all that data. And, and that's been done for years, right? Uh, however, most organizations haven't done that inside the firewall. And, and there's a, an enormous opportunity that we've tapped into to be able to collect all that data in a very meaningful way and be able to provide that in visualizations that they can really drive a lot of you know, decision-making power for uh, the C-level suite and inside an organization. The last, I mean, you, you always hate to say you've made money on a pandemic because the, you know, the, what's gone on for people has been horrific in many respects. But the reality is when people were jettisoned into, you know, a home office environment, you know, the, the organizations lost visuals on what was going on within, within their company, literally lost visuals. And, you know, it was interesting the first couple of weeks of the pandemic what we saw was you know we got we got a immediate series of questions like are people what's happened to my people right <laughs> are they are they working are they not and and we'll use you know say teams as the example of that right so so we had all the data and and what we were able to do is quickly you know create reports that allowed organizations to say you know Think about cohorts of users right this person you know was using teams all the way through and then boom now they're dark right these people just came in, they've never used Teams before, and now they're using Teams. You can see you've already got two different cohorts of users with two different business problems that, that you need to solve for. And then the third one was, you know, they weren't using it before, they're not using it later, they're laggards. I'll deal with those, you know, in time. But this allowed the war rooms of these organizations to really get a handle on what was going on. So, so that was kind of phase one. But then the second phase of that conversation was went like this. Um, how do people feel? And it reminded me of, you know, Spock being the Vulcan and they asked him, how do you feel? Right. And he got like, in that in that conversation, I was like, "What do you mean?" You know? And we were kind of like deer in the headlights too. But again, you know, the data scientists we got working for us, you know, they're they're pretty smart people to say the least. You know, some of the some of the best on the planet. And so they started digging into this problem, right? And and so they what we started doing is is keyword analysis. So we were looking at what were people talking about. What was the lexicon of the organization? You know, you think about your trigger words like COVID, obviously, right? work from home, you know, shelter in place, et cetera, et cetera. So they started looking at that and then they started looking at the the sentiment around that. And, you know, so I'll give you two you know, stark examples. One is, you know, COVID hit and we were actually able to map conversation patterns over infection patterns. So we have these large global organizations. And one of the things that we're able to do is, is watch where, like, so, you know, you think about the pandemic, right? So we had, you know, Southern Europe, uh, Italy, especially was, was hit first, East and West coast of the USA, Central USA really didn't, wasn't impacted right originally, but you map, you know, those infection patterns, what people are talking about. And if you think back and sit back, well, well, of course that makes sense, right? People were talking about what was going on in their, but think about that, right? People are talking about what was going on in their home life, right? And what was going on inside the organization. So we have this listening engine that, that's able to take a look at that and then look at the infection and look at that and overlay it with sentiment analysis. So we're using, you know, cognitive services to do all that that math around, you know, how people are feeling, how they're expressing themselves, et cetera, et cetera. And then the word cloud type of uh, metaphor to be able to understand what they were talking about around that, right? So, mm -hmm. so then all of a sudden, you know, we have all this data, we have all these visualizations, we're pulling this stuff all together and giving people some super rich insights into what's going on inside the the engine of their organization. And and literally, you know, this data was, was feeding straight through into the war rooms of organizations to really get a flavor as to what was going on. So, so that 
you know, we kind of went from, you know, doing a little bit with the communications department. Well, it wasn't a little bit. Okay, sorry. We do a lot with communications <laughs> departments. <laughs> right. So communications departments, you need to understand how their message is landing and whatnot. But what was interesting about the comms departments is all of a sudden, it reminded me of when like Sarbanes-Oxley came into place and, and records managers like went from like, you know, the, the bottom floor and we don't even talk to that person to the C-suite because all of a sudden the board became required to mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> declare things and hey, records management became super important. Well, all of a sudden the communications became important. Like think about that, right? Like you, you used to be, you know, kind of the farmer in the field, be able to walk around your field and, and be able to, you know, understand kind of what's going on with your crops, Right. That went away. And now the only way for us to, you know, get to in touch with those people is communication, but not just outbound. It has to be bi-directional. So, you know, all these, you know, working out loud types of solutions like a Teams or like a Yammer or or even some to some degree SharePoint intranets and so forth, those all of a sudden became, you know, hubs for organizations to understand what was going on with their people. And you know, we talk about digital transformation as as kind of a, a big box, right? But what we're doing is is measuring all of that and and the advantage we have, again, going back to, you know, outside the firewall social structures, Microsoft 365 is like now the predominant engine for about what, 95% of the market space. So, so when we're tapping into that data, it's not like we're going to, you know, old school. Oh, you're using uh, SharePoint 2010 server with an exchange, this and a you know, teams didn't even exist type of environment to plugging into all of the data signals are identical for every customer. It doesn't matter if you're five people or 500,000 people it's the same endpoints that we can collect data from. And so that gave us this harmonious opportunity to look at all that data. And then now we're, we're also looking you know, across organizations and doing benchmarking, uh, relatively speaking, from you know, organization A to organization B, because people want to know, you know what does good look like, right? And so we're yeah. we're able to give them some of those signals. So, so that's you know, kind of a, a, a quick synopsis on you know, what we've done over the last several years in really getting MyGraph to you know, that preeminent uh, space. And then AvPoint comes along and, and we start talking. The synergies between the two organizations are phenomenal. I mean, it was funny. I, I was speaking with them and I wasn't trying to pitch them. Oh, I kind of was. But the reality, <laughs> the reality is, I mean, we've kind of cornered the, the, the data market, if you think about this, right? Because they've been doing governance data for years, right? So all of those, the, the records management stuff, the data governance stuff, like all of that, right? They, they've been doing that for years. But what they lacked, right, in their data signals was some of the, call it social for lack of better expression, but, but some of those other signals that are, that are more uh, nebulous and, and more communicative versus, you know, just, you know, uh, how people are backing up their data and, and the storage containers and, and all the, that other things. Also super important, right? But stitch those two together and all of a sudden now you've a really, really dynamic opportunity to get a complete lens into what's going on in your organization. And, you know, knowledge is power, right? So, the ability to take that and then move it forward with confidence. So I think it's one of the, if I recall, I should know this, I'll, I'll know it better in a few days, the <laughs> taglines, but, but in, in fairness, you know, it's, it's really enabling these organizations to move confidently through a digital transformation journey, right? You know, there's lots of considerations, especially, you know, the bigger you get, the, the more complex it is. And so, you know, again, that fundamental foundational data, being able to pull that forward in meaningful ways, right, really is allowing us to uh, to accelerate. And 
it was interesting. We have, you know, some, you know, NDA whiteboard stuff that we had, we're already building it, right? And, you know, we haven't really released this into market. And we, we sat down with them and they went, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing too. <laughs> right? So, oh, so awesome. I mean, there, there's some huge synergies out of the gate. And so that's why we're super excited about this. And from a business perspective, I think it's also important, right? You know, we were at that scale, that inflection point for scaling. Companies get to be so big, and then they got to be super big to get big, right? And what what they did, what they have is is a vehicle that we can, in, like, basically, you know, we they have a PR department, they have a comms department, they have an HR department, they have a finance department, they have like all of that infrastructure is there, and 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 most you know, most people don't really think about that as yeah. you know something an organization has to do because it, it either exists or it doesn't, right? And and we're at that point, you know, we're we're at that growth mode where we got to build all this infrastructure. Now we don't have to, right? It's there, and they have I think like three hundred salespeople, right? <laughs> yeah, we have two. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. Well, the right. fun of it is, is that if I, re- if I remember correctly, one of the things that when John and I started working together, started talking, one of the very first things he ever told me about Tigraph and you know, the, the agreement that the two of you had was if you ever get big enough that you have to have an HR department, you're out. You're going to just, you got to get rid of it. You got to stop. Like you got to either break the company apart, sell it, do something. Well, you finally hit it. So I guess it's yeah. logical that this is exactly the right moment for you. Huh? That's right. Yeah. Exactly. It was, it was our inflection point. We need an HR department. Well, that's something we got. We need a new strategy. Exactly. You don't want to leave me, you know, in charge of a company that uh, has an HR department. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, you could never be in charge of the HR department. That That's is absolutely right. exactly. true. So, but one of the things that I think is very interesting is if you if you flash back, let's go back a number of years. Let's go back 10 plus years now for just a minute. And you think about the landscape of where things were with Outpoint. You had a lot of tooling companies that were, we were doing the SharePoint right. on-prem thing. This is early, but like sure. early days yeah. of the Office 365 emergence world. And you had Avpoint, and then you had a bunch of competitors, lots of whom are no longer in business. They were all migration tool companies at the very beginning when right. you look at them, right? They, you know, yeah. And Avpoint really started looking at the governance world. And everybody said, what yeah. the... The governance. There was only one person really talking about that term at that point in time. Sue Hanley was out yeah. there, and, like, and Eric Riz. Yeah. The, like, there, so there were there one person per country, maybe because right. you know, yeah. one's <laughs> Canadian, one's here. But there were very few people talking about it. And all of a sudden, it became this massive conversation point, and Avpoint shifted their their focus towards that world. And I remember having some some conversations with John Peluso and some other folks. I was like, "What are you going to do?" Now that like when you're looking at it and migration starts to become commoditized and we look at the world of Office 365 and Microsoft is buying tool vendors that that do that and they're going to make that not a thing anymore. And they said, don't worry, we have a plan. Like we're that's not yeah, our space. Yeah. That's not where we're going anymore. And so like the innovation that they put into the into the world was was rather interesting to continue to watch and seeing other things that they have been doing over the course of the past year. This is a very like be, being someone in the ecosystem who's been watching for a long time. This is a beautiful fit. 
I'm very yeah. excited to see that happen. And I, I think it's going to be just one more complimentary thing to make this, uh, this a great thing for you guys as well as for them. So yeah, congratulations. Absolutely. This is, this is awesome Thank stuff. You. I'm excited by, uh, by, by the opportunity that, that is in front of you because this, uh, some people may think that this is the end of a journey for you. Hey, we're done. No, yes. like, no, 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 no. Something no, no, tells no. me you're not it's, finished it's, yet. No, I, I, no, absolutely. In fact, you know that that was very much a part of the conversation. I think like a couple things that you touched on there. One, one is that cultural fit, right? So the thing we come to know about Appoint is that we've got some really smart people, like really, really, really smart people. And you know, because we always think we are, but but you know, we're, can we're, can, we're, so can confirm, can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have to. I mean, it was funny because uh, in in one of the dialogues we had, like we sat for four hours and talked about all sorts of things. There wasn't a thing they said that I didn't understand, and converse was true, right? Like nothing I did. So so just from that perspective, your other point, vision, right? You know, if their journey not terribly dissimilar to ours in terms of. You know, John and I looked at each other back in 2010. I think it was uh, Houston WPC where they announced this Azure thing and this cloud stuff, BPOS. Yeah, and, yeah, BPOS. And, that and, was earlier, and, yeah, and I said, And I said to John, you know, services is dead. Yep. It just got killed. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the software services. I'm talking about racking ser servers and patching SharePoint environments and making sure that, you know, whatever... What was that key that had to be turned off, uh, John, in the <laughs> the H key, whatever? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, the lookup. The, 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 yeah. the look, the loop back lookup loop back key. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like all that chewiness was was we could see going away, right? Yeah. You know, and and at the time we were in in partnership with a services company, and mm -hmm. and uh, we we just decided that you know we didn't want to be in services, and they decided they wanted to be in services, so we bought them out <laughs> and and moved on and that was you know kind of in, in canada uh, total sports network tsn it's our tsn turning point right we at that you know it's around 2012 where where we took the decision to go back to our software roots so you may know john you know he built you know award-winning lotus beacon award-winning application oh. for a 311 i mean yeah we're old we had some software roots historically Oh, he's going to go find it. He's um, uh, yeah, got a nice, nice big piece of glass there. We're going to have to put that on the website. Now, look at that thing. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> John, it's a great visual for a podcast, my friend. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we, we got a, I, I got a lot you out of it. You called it out. You called yeah. it out. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, you know, the point being is that, you know, we, we were software guys. We, we hung a shingle to be services guys for a while. Uh, but we want to go back to those roots, right? And and uh, you know, along the way, we <laughs> something I would never do again. And whoever wants to, you know, start a software company, we'll get money, right? So what we did was we used our—I like to call it our software revenue, or sorry, services revenue—to pay for a software habit, mm -hmm. which was basically, you know, all the profits we had were were funding into software development, and um, you know, in the end, it was a great strategy because we ended up, you know, we were. We we had no debt. We had we owned all of the assets. We you know we were very very good financial condition. As a result of that, getting there was a whole other journey. Of oh. <laughs> so we did have to go through that journey. However, you know again, organizations go through different phases. But back to you know looking at Avpoint with that vision, same idea, right? I mean, they knew that you know governance is going to be a play. And 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 the thing about governance, I mean, 
all apologies to Riz and Sue Hanley and so forth. I mean, it's pretty boring stuff, right? But, but that's often where the money is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, that's the things nobody else wants to do. So nobody does them well. And then there's one player, like an app point that walks in and, and says, we're going to do this and we're going to do this extremely well because people, you know, it may be boring and all the rest of it, but it's mission critical for organizations to be run properly. And so, you know, being able to underpin that with some really wickedly cool technology I think is why they're winning and why they have one. And, you know, a lot of the things that they have coming underfoot really speaks to that. And now, I mean, they're, they're on a bit of an acquisition uh, tangent as well. You, you've seen a few, this one was one of the, the larger ones and, you know, I can't disclose anything publicly, so I'll, I'll stop there. But uh, I would say there's a trend line because we have more than three data points now, so you can draw a line on it, right? You know, there two you data go. points, you can't, three, three, you can. <laughs> yeah. Once is chance, twice is coincidence, three times is a trend. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. To your point, like that, one of the things that they did when they decided to go down this path was go out and find the right talent. And we have some really good friends from the MVP community who are over there, sure. you know, Ducks and, uh, and Buckley's over there now as well. Right. And, yes. Yeah. You know, so they're, they, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they've gone off and found some pretty ph- phenomenal talent. In addition to the amazing folks they already had, like the Mary Lee Mackeys and, you know, John Paluzzo's and Julie Lou's of the world and all of that. I mean, they, they've got some pretty fantastic folks. So bringing y'all into the, the the stable, so to speak, of uh, of amazing talent is uh, it's just a wise thing for them. But I, if I recall correctly, going back to those earlier days when you decided to become that invest in that software company, y'all started with something social, and I made fun of you incessantly for it of, of you know, staying on the uh, on the Yammer bandwagon for so very long, right? <laughs> and it's still and it's still going. I mean, this is the the unbelievable truth, right? Uh, you know, as much as Teams has exploded, there's a parallel track with Yammer, right? Mm-hmm. Different trajectory, of course, but but similar vector, right? People have really, I guess, found Yammer in a more viral way than they have historically because, you know, what happened was, again, everybody's working from home and they start, you know, Teams is good for like a few hundred people, but if you've got 50,000, it kind of falls apart from a social collab perspective, and Yammer is kind of still that engine. And yeah, you know, we have the data to prove it. So. That's right. <laughs> I know that Dan Holm went over there uh, into the Yammer world, and they've done some interesting stuff recently. I think they did a little bit of a rebrand to be engaged yes. as well, yeah, right? right? So yeah, Yammer's <laughs> still well alive out there and, and oh, yeah. doing good things. But you know, I, I did make fun of you all quite a bit on that. But it was to your point, and you, and you said this earlier, and I'm going to bring it back around to data for those folks who are still listening who are interested in Power BI. You know, as a core, the fact that Yammer was so well structured on the back end, a little overly structured, if I'm not mistaken, and not not always as easily <laughs> defined. You all had that, and when the M365 world became what it is, that the logic was there for y'all to to shift over and really become that analytics for M for Microsoft 365 the way you have based upon your Yammer roots and what you started out with. I remember when I was at Rackspace and talking to you about what they what was going on over in Office right. 365. Exactly. And- I, I- 
all, all of those fun things. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, the fact that I've gone over to Build Hex, like we need to be able to have insight into these things and the scariness of what you could actually see and the, the ethos that y'all had of we don't want to be the ones showing people what is going on yeah. in the email for, yeah. for their, their have people's bosses digging into it and the way right. that y'all yeah. abstracted that away and have, have truly made a great product that does not, it isn't a big brother product, but instead gives right. that insight into, into the analytic as opposed to just, you know, drilling in and, well, what's, what's Bob saying about me today? You know, kind of a yeah, thing. Because it was that opportunity too. There was, and we got, we got asked by customers to do it and we just blatantly refused morally, ethically, and I think largely business-wise too. I mean, you know, if we become a big brother, we end up on the curb. And legislatively, you're starting to see that transition, right? I mean, a lot of the GDPR types of European legislations are now being adopted by American states. You know, we're, we're seeing this in, in several areas. And, you know, we have a, we came up with a slogan, I see your people don't, don't watch them. And again, to your point, Jason, we, we do a lot of work to abstract that layer away, make sure that, you know, we're not being creepy about uh, what we're doing. Because we're there to enable, not to disable. And that's a critical foundation that, that we've built and pride ourselves on, candidly. It's awesome stuff. I've been a, a raving fan of Tigraph for a very long time. <laughs> and be, we thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> be, being able to present with John for so many years and him him very frequently not being willing to talk about the product because he didn't want to be pitchy. And I'd be like, uh, right, hang right. on a second. We've got like... <laughs> You you don't have you don't you don't have to, but I can because I'm a fan. Like this is there's good stuff. Like you need to look at these things sometimes and be able to see. So you know it's it's great to see the success that y'all have had and the fact that uh, Tigraph has a long future ahead of you uh, as well. Absolutely. So hopefully yeah. you'll be able to take a break for a minute and relax and enjoy. I look forward to celebrating with you in Branson. We're going to be at North American okay. Collaboration Summit together. Yeah. We already mentioned that one though. We forgot yeah. to mention Branson. Oh, I know did. Ed's okay, going to yeah. get to be in right. Branson. So uh, yeah. I look forward to toasting you there, my friend. And, and I'll accept that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have a special bottle of the good whiskey on hand. So. I, I think. I think there might be. Oh well, in fairness, you never fail short on on whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a truth. Yes, sir, I, so. I've never had any of your hooch that uh, did not uh, meet a standard, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> I, I do my best. So, all right, and and, well, and good on you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. It's been great. Well, it's it, it was much needed. We've been doing this for a while. Awesome. Yeah, John, you know, thanks for being here. You know, uh, how's, how's the garden? We didn't ask how the garden was going. Uh, it's great. But, you know, it's a, it, I thought, you know, a little divergence from our normal. We will be back yeah. next week with uh, with one of our normal episodes. We will have the September update for Power BI Desktop and Service to talk about some good stuff happening in there. And we will uh, talk about any announcements that we may hear coming up in the next couple of weeks. There's some good things. By the way, Microsoft Ignite did get announced. It's well, we're going to be in Branson, so it should be a lot of fun to have some conversations around that. So definitely looking forward to recording more podcast episodes about all sorts of awesome announcement-y type things that are... I'm expecting a loaded back half of the year yeah. from, from the Power BI world. And... Uh, Look forward to hearing more from you, gentlemen, as the as things progress. But uh, oh, yeah. for now, go celebrate, have some fun. I look forward to hearing how wonderful dinner is tonight because y'all deserve <laughs> a, 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 a good celebration. Thanks, I love it. Thanks, all right, boys. Good, Take care. Appreciate it. Yep, you too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. 
The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 